what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, where your monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we'll talk about an article about pricing your products, preferably so that you can make some money. Our guest today is Steve White with the Small Business Administration, and we'll see if he brought his magical pot of money to give out to all of our listeners. So you better keep listening. Finally, we'll end up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. Hello, my name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. How are you doing? Thanks, Jeff, for the well wishes. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and our uh, listeners. Things are going well. A little cold. We're finally getting a little bit of cold weather for Christmas, and that's good. Not so cold like some of our listeners are enjoying the heavy snow, but for us, it's cool. Yeah, here, here in Western North Carolina, and when we say Western North Carolina, and, and, and well, our guest is actually from the Asheville area, that's, that's really Western North Carolina. We're sort of the, uh, the more middle North Carolina, but... Yeah, it's uh, when we get we'll, we'll get a little bit of snow, but uh, it, it's certainly a little bit chilly out there, and it's uh, probably going to get worse. But yeah. we we hope that our listeners are staying warm and and, uh, and enjoying the holidays, and that uh, all is well out there. Yeah. So gives us gets us in the holiday spirit. Gets us in the holiday spirit. So we like that we start with talking about uh, a magazine article or something that we've come across, and uh, was going through my December issue of Entrepreneur Magazine and. And it had some guidelines for for pricing your products, which when I work with people in business, usually startups and some small businesses, it's always a challenge to figure out the right pricing strategy that, I, that you know, in, in my experience. Uh, and there are a few guidelines in there that, that I wanted to touch on real quickly. Uh, so, so as you're thinking about your pricing, some things that you should be thinking about, number one, your overall operating budget in terms of not just the cost of your product, but other costs that you have out there, because ultimately we want you to price your product in a way that you'll actually not only cover your costs, but we hope make some money. So, Well, I think that's a good point that everybody, first off, that they need to make sure that they create a budget and a realistic budget. Sometimes we get those rose-colored glasses and we don't necessarily put in all the cost of running the business, and then we price a product, um, and then we find out we're not covering our costs, which is a challenge. Of course, we don't want to just necessarily uh, price our product because that's what our cost is. And I know you'll probably get into a few other items related to that because we've got to figure out what the customer uh, wants to pay for our product. I think that's that's a key thing. Now, the second thing in that in the uh, magazine article talked about understanding your business goal and that depending on where you are uh, in your business cycle, some businesses when they're first starting out are more concerned about market share where they might uh, price their product or service a little bit lower in order to secure more customers. And there might be a time when uh, you or your business are more concerned with profitability where you might uh, be willing to go for a higher price point, might 
not sell as many units or hours of service or whatnot, but you might be, uh, ultimately, you might be a more profitable company that way. So know, knowing your business model uh, becomes an important Well, I think that's thing true. I think also uh, knowing uh, your competitor and what market that you're in, because you've got to really get down to the value for what you're pricing your product. So I think you've got to not one size fits all, and that's something that I think is key. Say, so, okay, we're not going to just price it this way. Uh, and we're going to carry it that way all the way through our business plan. There may be different places that we want to price it uh, well, in a different way. Well, and, and you mentioned customers, which was the third thing uh, in this article. It says, what, what do your customers want? And that uh, you know, under, under talking to your customers, understanding their expectation expectations is, is of paramount importance. Yeah, absolutely. If they don't want to pay what we're willing to sell it for, we're going to have a challenge. You know, and this is a big topic, and it was a, it was just a, a, a fairly brief article. And, and as I was thinking about some other areas that generally come up when when we work with folks, uh, you know, I you know the whole costing thing, understanding your operating budget is so important. And and often people don't really understand uh, all the costs that go into their product, and they can really uh, they can really shoot themselves in the foot when they find that they might have priced their product in a way that. They can't cover all those costs, so uh, you know, always encourage folks to, to really take a step back and make sure they capture all those costs and maybe even build in a little bit of uh, just-in-case cost because you're always missing something. I think that's so important because, you know, you get out there, get your price out there, and then if you've got to retract uh, because you've got to go up on price because you can't cover your cost, you know, that's a challenge. Well, and, and, and also the other important thing that, that wasn't emphasized too much, but it was in there, is understanding what the competition is doing and, and that doing your pricing is not strictly a, uh, a, a math project. It's also there, there is some, some art involved in it in looking at the competitive landscape out there, understanding who your competitors are, what they're charging for their product or service, and what its strengths are. How yours is a little bit different. Ultimately, when I'm working with small businesses, I, I I hate to tell them to try to be the low cost guy because it's too easy for other people to lower their prices. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's more of a sustainable strategy if you can find uh, uh, what sets your product apart, what makes it unique, so that you can charge a little bit more and, and show value to your customer. And yeah, being the lowest price. Uh person can get you in trouble because as we say sometimes we've never met the lowest price in the market somebody can always go lower than us even if it's not they can be irrational and if we follow that strategy we can get ourselves in trouble and these are the things quite honestly we're talking about are not the exciting fun things when you're looking at business the cost and all these things but they're necessary uh, if we're going to be successful, you know, some people like to eat their dessert before they eat their yeah, their, exactly. their vegetables. It's not the fun thing, the yeah, marketing so. and going all do these things. Yeah. They're and they are fun, and those are the interesting things. But we've got to know our cost. Final thing that I always think people have to think about is, you know, how are you going to get your product to market? In that, are you going to sell direct to your customer via the internet? Are you going to sell to retail stores? Uh, if you're going to be a wholesaler or sell through other. Uh, retailers, you really need to know what sort of margin those retailers expect when they sell it you know, so, that, so that you can set your pricing accordingly uh, so it doesn't get 
price too high so that you can make sure your costs are in line to support that business. So so the whole distribution end of, of yeah. business becomes very, very important. Yeah, that's critical. So anyway, that's our pricing lesson for the day. Very good. Yeah, so. Well, it's very important. Yeah. I mean, again, it's the nuts and bolts of uh, how we're going to make money uh, is not necessarily the most exciting part, but it's very important. But we want you to make money, so you well, need to absolutely. listen to us. We do want you to make money. So, so we have a guest that also wants to help you make money, and so we're happy to welcome our guest today, who's Steve White, who is a senior area manager with the Small Business Administration. Who's uh, his his office is in the Asheville area of North Carolina, but he works through a good portion of North Carolina, the, from the western part of the state through. Uh, our part of the state in the middle of North Carolina and getting over into Winston-Salem and Greensboro, North Carolina. Steve, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. How are you doing today? Hey, Jeff. Hey, Gary. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for allowing me to have a couple of minutes of your time here today. And I'm excited about reaching out to your listeners to see how we can create a, a level playing field for anyone in, in, interested in the entrepreneurial environment well you know steve if it's just a couple minutes it's going to be a really short podcast we're going to like try to <laughs> so we're we're draw you here. out you here talk a bit, for okay? a few more than a few minutes <laughs> well tell you you know, it, you know it, people hear about the small business administration but I'm, i i don't know if everyone knows what the small business administration is and and uh how it's set up so give us a little bit of background about the small business administration who you certainly are. so the united states small business administration has an unlikely starting place It actually started in the combat fields of World War II when Dwight Eisenhower was the five-star general in charge of winning and fighting America's wars. He did that through, uh, or largely through his supply chain. He got beans, blankets, and bullets to the troops in sufficient numbers and on time. And their ability to have what they needed in order to fight and win the war Um, allowed him to create what we now call the military-industrial complex. (laughs) So he's to blame for all this. Absolutely. (laughs) Good to know. That was great for military strategy, but it turned out to be not so great when the war ended, and he came back over, and as I'm sure that you know, he ran for and was elected president of the United States. And he realized, um, uh uh-oh, if your last name isn't Astor or Rockefeller or... Uh, Vanderbilt, you're, you're not uh, set up for success. You, the, the level playing field that he envisioned as a president for small businesses or any business to thrive in the um, capital in our commercial environment really wasn't there. So what's a fellow to do? He goes to Congress, and in 1953, Congress uh, stamped the Small Business Act. And what that act basically said was it allowed for the hiring of 2,300 people to work for this agency, which, by the way, at the time made it the smallest federal agency, to help entrepreneurs through um, capital investment, through counseling, such as what we're doing today, and through contracting. 
Now, I'm proud to say that here in 2016, there are still 2,300 employees who work for the United States Small Business Administration. So we don't have mission creep. We haven't, like a typical government uh, bureaucracy, grown and grown and grown and outgrown what we've done. But we, we've kept our manpower the same. And at the same time, we've taken on a That's couple amazing, of additional That's amazing. I'm just kind of – I'm say I'm, that again. Yeah, I'm, 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 thinking that, I'm, I'm not thinking there are a lot of government agencies that would uh, can, can, can make exactly. that claim there. I, well, I'll go one more. Not only can we make that claim, but we are also, a lot of people may not know this, we are the only self-sustaining government agency. And taxpayer, what that means to you is this. You do not pay the first dime for our products or our services. Where does it come from? So now that's a great What are you guys doing wrong that you're doing all this? <laughs> it it, ma- it kind of makes you wonder what the other agencies are doing, but I'm here to Not talk kinda. about the SBA okay. and uh, the other agencies. You know, we do have a, so, a team of Entrepreneur Exchange fact checkers that will be checking all these facts that you're <laughs> up on, Steve. So. Well, so what the fact checkers will do is they'll go to our products, and when someone does apply for a guarantee for um, a commercial loan, in that guarantee, there are fees associated with the guaranteed amount, and those fees that the SBA charges are exactly what allows us to provide the goods and services that we do. Okay. Um, it allows us to so, partner with resource partners and provide them the capital they need in order to help the entrepreneur. So, so you're self-funded, but you are a government agency. Absolutely. I, I work for the taxpayer. Okay. And and as far as the primary services that the SBA provides at this point in time, what what is what is your um, what, what services do you guys offer? Absolutely, and I'll, and I'll go from probably the the least known to the the one most people want to want to talk about because that, that'll be our, our jumping off point. But um, in the 1980s, Congress decided that the Federal Emergency Management Association needed to get out of the loan-making business. So when there is a disaster, a nationally declared disaster, the SBA becomes the residential or emergency uh, disaster loan arm for the people. And so that, that's a duty we've taken on now for the last 30 or 40 years. We've got field agents um, in the field practically at, at all times. With our uh, 48 contiguous states that went in with Alaska, with Hawaii, with uh, all the U.S. territories from Puerto Rico to, to Guam and continuing, we provide on-the-ground disaster service. So if, if you are an unfortunate uh, recipient of a storm that damages your house or your business, our agents are on the ground to make sure you've got the funds needed to, first of all, have a place that you can go to, whether that's an, an overnight hotel, shelter, or what have you, to eventually rebuilding your business or your home. So we try to provide that through our services as well. So that's, um, of, of the four things to do, that's number four. Yeah, good to know, but hopefully we don't have too many disasters out there, so please proceed. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But, but it is there. Now, another thing we do is w- with our contracting arm. Now, contracting is basically this. Um, many of you may already know that Uncle Sam is the single largest consumer of products, goods, and services in the history of the planet. The federal government outstrips any other consuming body, and, and that is not a gross exaggeration. Um, and, and businesswoman, businessman, if you're listening, please do not count yourself out of this. Um, 
if the government hasn't already purchased your product, good, or service, it may very well do that in the future. And, oh, by the way, did you know, as a taxpayer, you can actually go online to see where your taxpayer dollars are being spent. So as, as a business owner or a taxpayer, if you want to Google uh, fedbizops.gov, you can let your fingers do the clicking across there, and you can look at what Uncle Sam is buying these days and what they're bidding on and that sort of thing. And that's available for um, just the curious onlooker, whoever that may be, or for the business owner who's thinking, hmm, Maybe Uncle Sam needs to buy my product, good or service. And, and I would encourage you to at least take a look at that um, because, uh, quite frankly, a business contract with the federal government is the closest you're ever going to come in business to a guaranteed paycheck. Um, consumers come and go with uh, sometimes sort of flighty trends mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But Uncle Sam always, always, always honors his debts, and he will pay. I, I heard there's a pretty big budget deficit. You sure they're going to be able to continue making those payments? Absolutely, okay. and that is that is one of the ways for expanding our economy. In fact, is uh, offering entrepreneurs these opportunities to get these contracts to the point that 23% of every annual fiscal budget is set aside for guess who? The small business entrepreneur. So if you're a small business and, and I'm learning a lot today, and absolutely, way. and it's it's a it's a fun place to be right now, especially with our economy and a changeover from one administration to another. And I know some people may or may not be so happy with the change, but the 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 thing to take away from the administrative change is this: is that change is almost always good for business because it always opens up doors that previously weren't opened for the business owner. Well, you know, and as you go through this, Steve, you know, there, there, there are certain myths that I think that people have conceptions of what the SBA does and, and does not, you know, and one that uh, one of our listeners asked me about was, is it true that uh, Linda McMahon, who is going to be the head of the SBA and is the co-founder of pro wrestling company WWE, is going to re- require all SBA employees to have wrestling names? Is that true or false? So the name I'm taking is the Lone Arranger, and uh, I've signed up with my local gym to make sure I can fill up my, my button. Was this a setup, guys? This is really That's, impressive. Uh, I thought that you might be the dream crusher, but uh, okay. Oh, well, no. Uh, alone. I like uh, that. No, Very good. Lone Arranger. Okay. All right. I assume this is part of making America great again. I, if you didn't think it was great before, it's going to be even greater. That's exactly so, right. You anyway. know, I, I'm, I am glad you asked me that because I do get asked that a lot. You, know? I, 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 you seem yeah. to have an answer ready be, for it, so yes. Well, people know I, I, I work um, for the federal government, or they say that, and, and, and I always want to correct them and say um, I do work at a federal agency. But I work for the American people. I work for the taxpayer. And, yes, our, our political appointees, that they, they do come and they do go. But, but we, the federal workers in any agency, are, are still here. And our boss hasn't changed. Our boss has always been and will always be the taxpayer. Well, I, I remind Gary of this often, that I might get paid by the community college. But I work with uh, everyone in the community and you know, we, we're, we're all about trying to help people start companies and create jobs and, and have positive economic impact. That's what it's so, all about. So, Anyway, we digressed. You Absolutely. were talking about uh, services, so please continue. So, Jeff, what is your, 
what is your wrestling name going to be? <laughs> As an extension of helping our... You know, I, back, back in my younger days when I did a lot of break dancing, they called me Turbo. But I'm not sure what it will be. Uh, I'm not sure my wrestling name. I'll, we'll, that, we'll have to address that in the well, future podcast. We can work off a of Turbo. That's okay. got a lot of possibilities. All okay, right. next. Sorry. Sorry I, I think we need to, to add a... Um, a, a link, a, a hyperlink to a certain video. I, I want to see Turbo in action just to make sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of YouTube activity back in my breakdancing days. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Feel free to check the archives. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we talked a little bit about disaster. We, we've spoken a little bit about contracting. Another thing I want to talk about is our counseling. Um, bar none, the Small Business Administration does an absolute top-notch job at providing counseling opportunities for anyone in the business arena, whether you are that person that, you know what, you woke up at 3 o'clock this morning and you've got that business idea, and that's as close to a business as you've ever been. Or let's say you are the president or chief executive officer of a business and your family's been in a certain business and a certain industry for almost 200 years or maybe even back to 1777. Anywhere in between those two extremes, the Small Business Administration is set up to offer you the counseling you need at no cost to you or a minimum charge for the materials that are required. And we do this in a couple of different ways. One of the ways I want to talk about is through SCORE or the Service Corps of Retired Executives. And absolute awesome agency these are vetted women vetted men experts in their field they've been there they've done that they know exactly what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night and go oh my goodness how in the world am i going to meet payroll how am i going to uh, do this or do that or keep my business running these are men and women they may or may not have received uh, certain college degrees in their field but they've they've all gone to the school of hard knucks and and their, their school colors are black and blue and and, mm-hmm. and they know what it's like to um, shift with the changing winds of maybe different zoning variances and maybe a, a chamber who is or isn't friendly to the industry or maybe requirements from the federal or state governments and even more flightier than that, <laughs> trying to meet the needs of consumers who are, um, let's face it, consumers are everyone's boss at, at the end of the day in business. But SCORE can give you that opportunity to ask that question, to meet that need, whether it's how do I um, write a, a business plan, what, what are the, the six, seven, eight, nine sections that are required to put that together, or maybe you need something a little bit more business savvy, some market segmentation analysis of a certain metropolitan statistical area and um, a, a certain demographic score can help point you in the right direction to get that expertise whether your need is in business operation day to day whether it's in accounting marketing whatever business needs score can help you an absolute phenomenal organization another um, organization we partner with in north carolina is the small business technical development centers a, a really neat program as well. There are over 940 SBDCs or SBTDCs across the nation. Um, but I would say the system we have here in North Carolina is one of the best. Um, and I say that simply because of the men and women uh, I know and work with at those organizations. What they do, their goal is to take your business that's operating now 
and to help you scale that business up in a way that makes sense, in a way that is sustainable, in a way that will answer questions that are truly being asked by the end user consumer. Um, all of us, or maybe not all of us, but many of us have dreams of being the next Microsoft or being the next FedEx size company or what have you. Um, SBTDC can help you get to the ceiling that is right for you at the time without overreach and without underreach as well because sometimes you need that outside eye or that third-party opinion to say, no, you really should go left here where you're looking to go right and that sort of thing. And then the last um, support I want to speak with um, is – the 68 small business centers in North Carolina located at each community college. Um, and what that means to you is geographically speaking, no one in North Carolina is more than, than what would you say, 45 minutes or even 60 minutes driving from a business expert who, if he or she doesn't know the answer, they know who does know the answer. And they can walk you through any business conundrum a to z those who are considering a startup those who have been in business for quite some time and so forth uh, many of the small business centers have their own incubator or small business incubator like entity where you can actually go and um, try to spread your wings for a little bit and see if it's really going to work or not without making that full commitment to uh, commercial leasing space and that sort of thing so i can't say enough good about our small business centers and the people who work there Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-host of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. All right, so we've got we've got disaster relief, we've got contracting, we've got counseling, and there's still more. What else you got? Take a deep breath. <laughs> Probably the the number one question most people have um, is, so where's the money? The magical pot of money. Did Everyone you bring it? Everyone wants to know where's the capital come in, and so. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> because because there are a lot of people out there that think the SBA loans a lot of money out. I hear that, too, and I've yet to see what, where that money is. Okay, no magical pot of money. And unfortunately. Uh, so well, at the, least we got people this far into the podcast. Good work by us. <laughs> absolutely. So the magic is this. The Small Business Administration does not do direct lending. What we do, however, is we provide a guarantee for your commercial loan. Now, our relationship in that manner actually is directly with the lender. And I'm sure some of you are saying right now, well, wait a minute. If the SBA has a direct relationship with the lender, well, how in the world does that benefit me? Well, here's how it benefits you. Whenever the SBA guarantees a commercial loan, first of all, a couple of things happen. The first is, it means that the business is going to get a loan that it could not have received otherwise. And what I mean by that is whenever they get the SBA guarantees a loan, what we're actually doing is we're minimizing the lender's exposure. 
What we're saying is when, when Jeff or Gary go in and they get their loan for their hot dog stand, and let's say they borrow $100,000, if for some reason they decide to not repay that loan, well, the lender is out the $100,000, not to mention the time and effort of paid employees and expenses and that sort of thing. So if we offer a guarantee in the neighborhood of somewhere between 50 and 90%, depending on which particular program you use, what we're doing to the lenders is we're saying, hey, look, why don't you make the loan to Jeff and Gary for the hot dog stand? If for some reason they don't pay you back, we will pay back the guaranteed amount. Again, somewhere between 50 and 90% of that loan, which means your exposure is simply limited to the other side. So our guarantee with the lender helps you get helps you the business owner get that loan that you may have not received otherwise. It also does this. It also allows the lender to make a loan that's a little risky and not fall out of compliance with the FDIC requirements or with the Dodd-Frank um, legislation passed between 2008 and 2012. Well, we also have the lender in that any guaranteed portion of the loan that they make to you does not count against what's called a loan loss reserve funds. That frees up more capital that the lender can lend to you in the first place. That's a tremendous advantage. And probably the, the final advantage for our loan guarantee is this. We do not tell the lender what interest rate to set, but we do limit the lender to prime plus four and three quarters interest rate. Now, in today's lending environment, that really doesn't come into play. Most lenders to be competitive are down in the low fives or sixes anyway, even with um, the bump we just had a couple of days ago of a quarter of a percent for the prime lending rate. We're still in a very low lending environment. However, in, in um, days or years or months to come, if the environment raises to a double-digit lending rate, we will limit that for the, the borrower. And therefore, the borrower ends up benefiting from the relationship the Small Business Administration has with the lender through its guarantee. And that's pretty much how it works. So so if I'm a small business uh, and I'm, I'm talking to my bank about a business loan from my hot dog stand, is it my job to say, hey, is this a candidate for SBA support or is that the bank's job or is it a collaborative? How do, how do they engage the SBA to, to – uh, service to service guaranteeing it. The easy answer, Jeff, is yes. <laughs> All the above. <laughs> All of the above. So, what you want to do as a borrower? If if I'm a borrower, if I'm Jeff and Gary, and I want to get my my business up and running, um, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call score. I want to get some basics under my belt. I want to talk to an actual business owner. You know, is this a good idea? Does it have legs? Um, once I've got that straight, then I want to call my local small business center at my community college, and I want to find out, okay, um, I'm ready to start a business. Let's generate a business plan. Help me to do what I need to do to make sure I've got my ducks in a row. And then what's, what's neat about being in this country is you've got choices. You've got the freedom to do what you want to do. You can go to the bank from there or a lender from there. You can come to me. You can come to the Small Business Administration next. Whatever it is you want to do, 
Um, I would encourage you to, to visit your lenders ahead of time and figure out what is it, Mr. or Mrs. Lender, you're looking for. When I write my business plan, what are the, the key factors that you're really going to target and that sort of thing and let that drive you. Or if you are already more advanced than that and you're ready to go ahead and get the business loan but you're not really sure where to get started, feel free to call me or any one of the partners we've, we've discussed. Um, you would really only want to remind your lender about the Small Business Administration if it looks like they're not going to make you the loan. Um, and on that, real quick, a piece of advice, uh, business borrower, if for whatever reason, if you're ever turned down for a commercial loan, um, immediately stop and ask the lender why. What would it have taken for you to give me a yes on this? Find out exactly why. Um, a couple of things. One, they are required by law to, to tell you why. To um, that federal requirement to tell you why it often allows them to be a little more vague than they should be, and often for um, litigious reasons they are kind of vague. But see if you can get the real why. Bring that why to, to me. Bring that why to the SBA. Bring that why to SCORE to see if they can help you work through that hurdle or that obstacle so you can go back and, and get that loan. That's very good advice. Now, which, which you know, banks are still taking many things into consideration from the business plan slash business idea to personal credit to collateral to who knows what else but I mean those are those are certainly all going to be weighed by the by the potential lender absolutely they're required to do their due diligence and and they will do that now with our programs we actually free them up to expand their portfolio. All banks are required, all lenders from the FDIC are required to maintain what's called a diverse portfolio. And, and what that means, real quick, is you can't make 100% of your loans to a single industry. Um, and the reason why, it's just, it's no different than having a mutual fund that's very safe and, and scaled from businesses A to Z, just in case one industry sector. It's a safety thing. It's a safety case. Diversifying the portfolio. Absolutely. So our guarantee allows for that diversification. Um, And what you'll find is lenders are no different than restaurants. Um, Today for lunch, you may go out and you may choose to have an Italian lunch or Americana lunch, or you may go have some sushi and that sort of thing. Lenders also tend to focus on industries that they're good at. Their um, loan officer stable usually is pretty familiar with one or two industries, and so that's the areas in which they make loans. So they may very well want to use the um, Small Business Administration guarantee to limit their exposure when they do step into a new arena. But it's not it's, – uh, the, the SBA programs are not an out for uh, lenders to make loans to – businesses or individuals that they think are not going to be able to repay. I mean, it, it allows them to maybe increase their appetite for some risk, but, but they still, uh, it, it's, it's not a blank blanket to just go out and make loans uh, that, that still have to be a, a good business yeah, idea yeah, right. and viability. All right. Absolutely. And another thing, I know a while ago I was kind of bragging on our administration, but but one more point of, of bragging, I suppose you could say, is that our default rate, uh, our default rate for our programs, less than 1%. Have you ever had to, like, uh, break kneecaps to get people to repay? Who does that? 
I, I usually call it Gary. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's it's funny. Thing. You were talking about uh, my old uh, public accounting days. I got to audit uh, banks and financial institutions and went through many SBA loans. And I went through giving you some capture of my age when we had double-digit mortgage rates. And that's a little scary when because you, you're talking about prime plus whatever. You see some hefty rates. I'm going, how do these people think they're going to make it? Absolutely. But they did in most cases. But, I mean, the interest rates were significant, so it had to be a very good business concept. Absolutely. And, and that's why our default rate is low. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, when you get an SBA loan, you've already gone through SCORE or the SBC or the SBTDC. So, so you've had that filter already, and you've gone through, of course, the natural um, filters inherent with any lending organization itself. So you, you sort of um, you've been weeded out if you don't have that repayment ability. Um, now I will say this about that: if a business does get in trouble, because you know life gets a vote, things mm-hmm. happen, whether it's a natural or supernatural event, or consumers decide this or that, political, what have you, you name it. The programs we offer allow a lot of wiggle room for lenders. For example, let's let's say you've got a guy who's um, 15 years into a 20-year loan and something's slowed down. He's lost this or gained that or, or whatever, and he's going to miss a couple of payments. The lender tells SBA exactly that. <coughs> we make a loan to uh, the credit file and the loan, I mean, a, a note to the credit file in the loan jacket, and we allow for that, that transition. As long as he eventually gets caught up and they, again, can demonstrate ability to repay, that's absolutely workable and acceptable to That's us. That's great. That's great. Well, Steve, you've laid out uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of services that are accessible to startups and small businesses that are out there. If people want to engage with the SBA, how do, how do they find the SBA? How do they find you? Absolutely. The single easiest way is to use um, your handy dandy smartphone and just. Google or, or whatever search engine you use, www.sba.gov. Now, does that work on my desktop computer as well, or does it just work through smartphones? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I think I saw someone the other day who actually didn't have a smartphone, and uh, <laughs> he might have been the only one. <laughs> Well, you know, don't feel bad about yourself, listeners, if you don't have a smartphone. You know, Christmas is coming. Yes, you might get your smartphone. So www.sba.gov is your starting point to access all these services. Yes, sir. So, and, you know, from the Shameless Promotion Division, Steve is going to be visiting our small business center, I believe, on February 2nd. Uh, working with the SBTDC to talk about government contracting and other uh, uh, services that they provide. And, and I suspect that uh, that's not the only gig that you've got across the state, so that's probably something you do on a pretty regular basis. Absolutely. If you want to know what we're doing or where we're doing it, again, go to www.sba.gov, and you can look and find our products, goods, and services across the state. Or if you're listening to us from any other territory or state in the nation, absolutely go to that same page. And there are many drop-down menus. You can find out um, how to start a business, what's included in a business plan. You can find out how to find Jeff or find Gary and and how to find me, for example. And you can uh, make sure you get the product product, or service that you need to be successful. Well, well, we very much appreciate you joining us today to, to, uh, to drop all this knowledge on us. And 
We always like to end our uh, podcast by giving a shout out to a local or small business that we've come across in our travels. And, and Steve, do you have one that you'd like to uh, share with us a little bit, give a shout out to? I absolutely do. Uh, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Robertson of the Shear Shack. Um, they used the Small Business Administration loan guarantee in order to buy the very salon that Mrs. Robertson was working in to make their American dream come true. Um, through that whole uh, process, not only did they uh, buy their business and increase their ability to provide a capacity for their family, they actually expanded their family, and Mrs. Robertson gave birth to twins in the process as well. Are you taking credit for that so, as well? Okay. Well, I just want to... Happy business a Z, makes a happy right? family. So, yeah. <laughs> but that, to me, is the perfect picture of exactly why we do what we do and and the shear shack is located the the shear shack itself is located in south Asheville, Asheville, north carolina yes, so if you're in in that neighborhood and 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 based on what you're saying i'm i'm assuming it's got something to do with the the fact that your hair looks so good and they the, you know if you're getting a haircut or your hair styling shear shack is the place to go i'd recommend going there if you have any uh haircutting or styling needs, but even more than that, just to talk to Mrs. Robertson and say, um, how was your experience getting that uh, commercial loan, that small business loan, so you can make your dreams come true? Sounds good. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for joining us. Gary, what is your small business uh, this month? Well, Jeff, my business of the month is Pie Five Pizza. And I'm going on the theme, of course, you know, it's either food or toys, and for the most part. Um, and this is another small business that's now grown and been successful. But they just opened a restaurant in Hickory. And, of course, I had to try it out to see if it was worth our podcast five-star rating, which it is. Okay. Uh, Pie5 Pizza is a fast, casual restaurant chain uh, specializing in uh, personal pizzas made in less than five minutes, which is where the name comes from, Pie and 5. I have to tell you, it was uh, great. Have you... Gotten the opportunity to try it? Not yet, but I am a big lover of pizza, so it's on my list I, now. I, I, I it's got the five-star recommendation from, from the podcast. It is, and it, um, it's been open for a few months, and we're there at least once a week for the experience. Uh, so it's great. It, they're owned by uh, the folks that own Pizza Inn. So it's a, a spin-off of that. Uh, they started in 2011 uh, in Texas, and then they opened up a couple years later in North Carolina. And they're expanding to about 50 locations in Northeast. And by the way, had in their summary that they offer beer too. So that'll be a good thing for uh, my co host. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I've been known to drink a beer, so I appreciate yes. that. So, and uh, so it, it I sound, recommend it to our listeners. So and it sounds like if you're interested in, in franchising opportunities, they might be a good person to talk to as well. Yes, yes. I really was impressed with the business model watching it. I mean, they fast. I didn't know I could get pizza in five minutes that worked uh, any way I wanted. So it was uh, highly recommended from the Muller House. Okay. Well, the small business that I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, is a company called Run Forever Sports. And I was down working with some folks in our Manufacturing Solutions Center in Conover, North Carolina, uh, a couple weeks ago. And I met uh, the owner of Run Forever Sports, Matul Patel, He's from Chicago, and uh, he didn't understand why compression socks and products that ease pain to runners and other athletes should be so expensive. 
So he created his own company to address that. And uh, they sell compression socks, uh, compression products for your calves, uh, uh, knee, uh, knee joints. Uh, they've got uh, products for, to assist with plantar fasciitis. Uh, and they're all uh, made and sold in the 20 to $30 range, which can be hundreds of dollars. You know, some of the products that do this stuff are, are selling for hundreds of dollars. So I uh, had a chance to meet him and see some of his products. He's actually working to expand his product line and, and do a lot of this work in the United States, which we also uh, appreciate uh, uh, doing the manufacturing in the United States as well. So anyway, I want to give a shout-out to Run Forever Sports. You can find them at www.runforeversports, and forever is written out, R-U-N-F-O-R-E-V-E-R, sports, S-P-O-R-T-S, dot com. You can buy online there, and uh, you know if you act quickly, you might be able to get stuff in for Christmas still. So that's uh, what I'm shouting out to today. So anyway, appreciate everybody listening. If you've got a suggestion for our uh, Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, you can send us an email at eexchange at themesh.tv. We want to thank Steve White for joining us today, and we encourage you to visit the SBA website at www.sba.gov and find out all the ways that they can provide assistance. We want to thank The Mesh. You can download us at themesh.tv or you can subscribe at the iTunes store. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you and, and talking to you in 2017. Have a great holiday. Everybody have a great holiday and Happy New Year. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.